Hell yeah. Bob Pod, are we still doing that? Welcome to Football and Other F-Words. I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski. I've got Zach Lyons with me, producer, co-host, and uh, to my left, I've got uh, Internet Keith. Uh, we have no Mike Miracles tonight. We don't know where he is. We've lost him. We may or may not have thrown him off the podcast. Yeah. I just had him. I turned around. Well, we then- well we realized that uh, everybody hates him on Twitter, so we were just like, well, this is not good for the <laughs> Everyone podcast. Everyone does hate him on Twitter. It's because he hates Marcus. Yeah. Definitely hates Marcus. We don't hate Marcus. No, we, we would never say anything no, bad about Marcus. We've never had an episode where we talked about Marcus and his failings as a quarterback. No, we never have had a, had an episode where we talked about his replacements. Do you remember that, Keith? I nope. specifically remember that. Uh, wow. I think we you... Are, it looks like both Herndons are now wow. off the podcast. <laughs> wow. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Huh? <laughs> what? What did just, I say? We just had a fake news moment. Yeah. Oh. Fake news. Wow. That was pretty painful. Yeah. Anyways, football and other efforts. We appreciate you tuning in. We're going to talk about the Atlanta game. Uh, did that game change your views on Marcus after we just sat there and lied about that? Uh, Taylor Wan is back. So obviously we're going to discuss that. How important is this Bills game overall? And then kind of to wrap that up, is it fair to judge the Titans offense against an elite Bills defense? Now, I've got a little bit of qualm with the word elite here, but we're going to get into that, Zach. All right. Zach's the one who texted me this this little uh, this little write-up here. Elite Bills defense, he yeah. says. Oh, they're okay. definitely elite. They're good. <clears throat> I mean, right. they're, they're pretty damn good. They're probably, to me, they're the best defense in the league. The Patriots would be a close second. Oh, no, they're, I'd say the Patriots are first. They're, they're a good defense. Yeah. They are. I just, when I think elite... I think like Joe one of those Flacco. defenses. I, no, yeah, <laughs> I just think like one of those defenses. I was going to say like remember. Uh, I thought I thought you were going to say Donald Trump. I don't, that's not elite. He's an elitist. Uh, it's confusing. Oh, yeah. He's orange. <laughs> yeah. So did we talk about replacing Marcus last week? No, no? definitely not. We didn't. No. Definitely not. Okay. So our yeah. topic about was it fair for us to judge him off previous <laughs> games? Due to the based on the Atlanta game, that topic's not going to make any sense at all. <laughs> okay. um, if we have enough time, we're going to talk about old uh, Mike Herndon, Mike Miracles, and his Twitter mentions because uh, they've been pretty entertaining. You do, you're not on Twitter. I'm not but on Twitter. Would you say they're spicy? They imagine, are spicy. imagine you throwing a piece of bread at a park and a bunch of geese just Ooh. cackling and getting mad at you for not having bread enough for everybody. That's basically his Twitter Twitter Wait, mentions. Okay, so Twitter is the geese and the yes. piece of bread is Michael. Y- yeah. Yes. Well, his takes. Okay. He's the old man that's about to get attacked by the geese uh, okay gotcha and then in the meantime you've got like people like titans tonk that are lighting fireworks and throwing yeah. them at the geese hey oh anyway so uh yeah let's let's get into it let's talk about the atlanta game first um obviously everybody was was pretty pleased with it because it was exactly what we talked about last week to where the titans were going to come out and completely reverse direction and have a good game and marcus looked good the offense looked good and the play calling was great for uh, three quarters and uh yeah Overall thoughts. Start with you, Zach. It's it's what we kind of thought it was going to happen. Like, the Atlanta defense is not good, right? So, they have Keanu. Even if Keanu Neal was healthy, that's still not a really good defense, in my opinion. Uh, they generated zero sacks. They didn't do anything. But, saying all that, credit to Marcus and the offensive line. For first off, Marcus getting rid of the ball. He got the ball quicker than he ever has all season. In fact, he was the third quickest to get the ball out of his hands after the snap. 
like I said, no sacks. They did get pushed around here and there, but for the most part, this was the game that Marcus came out and did everything correctly, which is in stark contrast to what he... It's almost the exact opposite game of the Colts game. He got the ball out of his hands. He was decisive. He threw the ball into 50-50 you know, situations. Now that he's done that, let's see what happens later. But Derrick Henry was involved. Nate Davis shows a lot of promise there as a rookie. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. I mean, there's a lot to love. And even though it's against a bad defense and our particular offensive play calling really took advantage of the cover three and cover four defenses that they employed. If, if that's what's supposed to happen though. No, Th- and that's, right. That's I mean, that's what's supposed to, happen. I'm really glad you said that because that's what I keep thinking is um, for those that are leaning a little too hard to the right of what's well, a bad defense. Like you were talking about, that's how your team is supposed to perform against a bad defense. Right. And they did. And that, to me, is what it, it, I'm. I'm glad to see it. I'm happy to see it. I know there's going to be some that hear this and start going, "Oh, here you go. You're going to start trying to find a way to shit on this." I'm not. I'm just reminding you that this is exactly why we had the criticisms of both the offense and Mariota leading into this game. And Art Smith. I mean, this is a good play call from Art Smith, and we had problems with him and his play calling. And like you said, just because it's a bad team doesn't mean that this is a, a weak performance or this underscores a bad performance or anything it it's a good game it's a good offensive game and bad good teams playoff teams should beat bad teams yeah and and i think uh something that's i mean of course the thing we were watching for was the offense but i think the defense had a very great game I mean, oh yeah shut down julio jones uh credit to malcolm butler and adore jackson for that um I mean, they they were constantly shooting themselves in the foot on offense to our benefit, but um, I think that this defense is you know top ten, top five in the league for sure. So yeah, I would definitely say top five. Yeah, so I think we're good there. We just have to come out and, like he said, we have to be decisive. We have to Marcus has to trust his receivers, and you have to get it out of there fast because I mean. That's they're coming for us. Well, and I enjoyed this win more than the Cleveland win because the offense looked more competent, and it also wasn't aided with a team having what eighteen penalties for one hundred and ninety yards or whatever the ridiculous amount was after Cleveland. Which those games always kind of leave this little twinge in the back of my head of well, it doesn't help that the other team was firing an entire magazine of bullets into their own foot. So th- it was much more enjoyable for me to watch the Titans beat Atlanta in the manner that they did because they really felt like they had the game in hand for, for most of the game. They were in complete control of it, and it, it was good to see. I, you know, it, I will say I'm going to be that guy. It's a little troubling to me to watch Marcus flip from his performance against the Colts and the Jags into this so quickly because he was having trouble getting rid of the ball. Let's just take two things. Having trouble getting rid of the ball. He was having trouble stepping up in the pocket in pressure and throwing. And suddenly those two things seem to completely disappear against Atlanta. So I, I am almost of the opinion of that I'm a little troubled that he was actually able to make that disappear so quickly. It has, and again, I don't want to downplay anything. And this is just an <clears throat> assumption. 
it has to be that the defense was just giving him some kind of look yeah. pre-snap or something when it all just unfolded perfectly for the defense. Because that seems to be his M.O. Everything has to go right. And this is one of those games where it felt like everything went right. Now, like I said, it, good teams beat bad teams. We struggled with that last year. We sort of we beat Cleveland. Yes. We beat Atlanta. We're two and two, and now we're going up against a Jekyll and Hyde Bills team, where the Bills are really good on defense, but they're really shitty on offense. You, it kind of seems like it should match up, where we should win a close game, but what you know, you never know, and that's the problem that I still have with Marcus is that. I mean, it happened last year, right? I mean. Josh Are, Allen destroying us. None of us are really shocked that he had a good game, right? Because that's what happens. He has bad games, yeah. and then he goes to a good game, then he immediately goes and has another bad he's game. He's inconsistent. It's yeah. not that he's, you know, 100% terrible. Otherwise, he wouldn't still be here. Right. And that's that's where I'm still at on Marcus. This doesn't change anything. It does give me a little... There's like a little flicker of hope that I'm trying to snuff out because I don't want to get disappointed this weekend. Sure. Or disappointed in after this weekend sure. or something, yeah. you know. You know, I'm I'm really hoping though that this maybe with Taylor Lewan coming back, with AJ Brown getting involved, with Hump not having to stay and help chip block, that our offense kind of opens up and maybe we see Marcus get comfortable. Nate Davis is our solution at right guard and all this stuff. Well, okay, so I do want to we'll switch gears a little bit to. Can I just can I can I just yeah. hop in and say what a difference that a week makes as far as our opinion of morale and and how this team is as a unit because last week what we were talking about we were talking about the problems in the locker room we were talking about a lack of hope and in like future and now like that we've had this one good game we've kind of now we don't know what to think well i am you know i'm still a little curious about delaney walker's role with this team because he was not very involved in this offensive game plan and his snap count is not very high and then today he's back on the stationary bikes i believe with a oh no that was i think cam wake instead but you know it's kind of making me wonder what's going on with delaney why is he not involved why is his snap counts going you know down not trying to start anything or say there is something, but it's just a little odd. Yeah. Well, and to what Keith was saying, for the for the morale boost or morale builder, I completely agree that it, I think one of the worst case scenarios you could have was this team losing to Atlanta, to a, to a, a bad Atlanta team, and then combining that with Luan being reintroduced into the locker room and coming into a, a Bills game with that kind of distraction, if you want to call it that. I will agree with you with the, with the Delaney thing. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if there is anything to make of it. It, it. I do have to step back and say, you know, it is week four leading into week five. That is a little concerning, but I I, I do agree with what Keith is saying. I, I'm, I'm pleased to see that this team was able to, it looks like, button up those issues. It, really, I got to say, one of the things I'm most pleased with is that the Arthur Smith game plan was able to stabilize because boy, it didn't look good for a couple of weeks. It, it was really starting to look, you know, pretty shaky. So I'm happy to see that, you know, <clears throat> week four, he's able to turn around. Let's hope that that sustains, but good building, building blocks going into this bills game. Cause God, they're going to need it. Well, and 
I read a tweet. Uh, I think it was, it's one of those guys that, you know, like a uh, Dove Kleiman or, you know, one of those respectable analytics guys <clears throat> tweeted out, what you saw in week four was a bunch of teams that have just now figured out who they are. And it just was a really slow start for a lot of teams. And then some teams that started out hot came back down to earth. You almost saw a leveling of all these teams. And maybe the Titans, it took four weeks for everything to click and everything to go right. It took switching out Nate Davis, Jamil Douglas, and switching them out. It took, you know, all this to get everybody comfortable and on the same page. So maybe, you know, here I am going to, I'm a, I'm a hope merchant right now. I am. Uh, I'm get a, your hope. Yeah. Get your hot hope. I, maybe this is the the this is the offense that we have we're supposed to be seeing, but you know we saw similar routes and similar play calls in the Jacksonville and Colts game, but the receivers maybe went two or three steps deep, or maybe Marcus decided that he wasn't going to throw it, and maybe it just took it just took time for this team to click. And this this I mean this is the NFL. And I do have to remind myself of that because even though we do like to get people hell who start to, you know, go the opposite direction, it's only week three, it's only week four, you all are freaking out. At the same time, I do have to remind myself, I mean, it is the NFL. It's not college football to where one loss is some serious trouble, two losses, you're completely out of the realm of trying to get to the playoffs or whatever your, you know, national championship hopes are, so... You know, like the, I think it was the Colts started one and five last year, or one and three, or something like yeah. that, and then they went on a tear. Oh yeah, exactly. Texans had a big eleven game win, ten game win streak in the middle of the season. That and all that. I mean, right now everybody's two and two in the uh, division because the Broncos are ran by fucking dumbass shitheads who don't know how to run out the clock at the end of the game <laughs> when you're in the end zone, which is give the ball to Philip Lindsay, FYI. But so, but to your point, I mean, in two thousand eight. The Titans started eleven and zero. Yeah, eleven and zero, and went thirteen and three, and lost in the first rounds of the playoffs. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, so, I mean, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's two and two. I will say, if you'd step back and looked at this four game segment and told us that we were going to be two and two, I don't know that you would have picked both the Jags and the Indy well, game that, that's for funny. the losses. The, the two and two, <laughs> I would have picked two and two, but I would have flipped the two wins and the two losses. Right. I would have thought we would have lost to the Browns and lo- thought we would have lost to the Falcons, and but beat the Colts and beat the Jags. I will say that it, it, it kind of is a creepy look or kind of a creepy reflection of last creepy. year with – us going two and two and not really knowing what this team is still yeah like i will say that i think obviously the situation was completely different last year with the weird injuries all around it's everything like that but it's still like we still just don't know yeah i have no clue what this team is i still have no clue what marcus is you know it's just it's crazy what this team can do to you every week right um the the big thing is, is that we're two and two but we have two divisional losses. That I don't think is talked about enough when we talk about oh, because this is what I hear on the radio. We got to two and two with Taylor and with Taylor Lewan gone, and we get Taylor Lewan back. Everything is fine. Well, the two losses that that means that we can't really afford divisional losses from here no, on in. We have to win. Not. We have to sweep the Texans and get the win back from the Jags and get the win back from the Colts and win other games. I mean, if you get those four wins. You know, that's good. That's four extra wins, but you still got the Chargers. That is a, apparently a game we can never seem to win. 
We still have Melvin Gordon will probably be back for that. Yeah, we got to somehow stop Christian McCaffrey. Um, Tampa Bay actually looks pretty competent. Yeah, so it looks like they finally figured it out. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be an easy road. And we started out zero and two in the division is is not good, and that needs to be talked about more. I feel like let's. I, I do want to come back to the division thing in just a moment. I do want to talk about a positive note, which is. I'm a bit of a homer here, but we got to see some A.J. Brown action. Oh, I, I am all about A.J. Brown. When we drafted A.J. Brown, I was excited. And I want to see more. And again, on that first touchdown run, he almost wanted to go hit another player yeah. again, just like we saw yeah. in Cleveland. And then he's like, oh, no, I can go get the touchdown. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to hit everybody. Just go. Just go, bud. He is, he is electrifying after he gets <laughs> he the is. ball, though. Yes. It is so exciting to have somebody like that on your team. It, it's it's exciting and refreshing to see because I, I don't ever remember a Titans team that had a big, strong, wide receiver that could go up and get the ball and run down the field like a Sherman tank on legs. Yeah. I mean, he's big and he's fast. He's kind of like what everybody wanted DK Metcalf to be like pre-draft yeah and 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 P- dk has played way more snaps than aj brown but aj brown has done more with this with less snaps actually done the same but technically when you divide snaps and yards more efficient he's done more it's yeah. I, I couldn't uh i was so pleased i've never been so happy to see a titans player get two touchdowns in a game i mean what do you do you what do you guys view is is AJ Brown wide receiver one A and Corey Davis is one B or would you still put Corey Davis one A? Odd. I'm just look. I'm overreacting. I mean, the lines are murkier than they were before this. Week I'm before. look. I'm just going to overreact and throw it out there. I would put AJ Brown at one A. I I think I don't know. It's a raw skill set and it needs to be developed. I mean, like you were saying about. I mean, pl- let's please not run downfield and try to kill people because that's not your job. So he's got some issues to to hammer out, but I just I love to see the the foot placement and the toe dragging in the end zone, and yeah, I, yeah no, I would I'd I go one I, a. I, I, may, I may be wrong, but I think Desmond Trufant is the best quarterback on the Falcons, right? Right, and he covered AJ Brown for majority of the game. Yeah, I think right? I think he actually got abused by both the receivers. Yeah, the uh, I will say this out of uh, receivers with ten or more targets in yards per route run. A.J. Brown is the fifth in the league. And let me say this. Keenan Allen has like 40-something targets already. I just looked this up in PFF. <laughs> I mean, the next highest on this list of these top five or whatever is uh, 15 to the, on the top five yeah, yards. Keenan Allen's playing out of his mind. Yeah. He should have had another touchdown last week, and it got called back for offensive p- pass interference, and it was garbage. Uh, I wanted to look up, here we go, yards after catch. Because I assume A.J. Brown has to have tons of yards. He has um, 223 receiving yards, okay? 111 are yards after the catch. <laughs> wow. They're half. Yeah. And how many, half pretty much half. And how many catches did he have in the Atlanta game? Did he just have three? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think he had two or three. He only had three. Two yeah. of them were touchdowns. Yeah. That was, really, that was awesome of... Uh, where he got to trade jerseys with Julio, who's like yeah. apparently he's like a huge fan of. That's why I picked number 11. No, that's that. awesome. I really like that his celebration was, and I didn't figure it out till I, I watched it back later what he was doing, but it's, 
unlock the safe and throw the money in the air. Then he Is scored, that what it was? And then he then he scored again, and he didn't have another celebration lined up. So he went right back to the open the safe and throw the money in the air again. Wait, well, today he said he's got to get another snakeskin suit. <laughs> he has to get another one. He just said that like an hour ago on Twitter. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it's refreshing to see because you've got A.J. Brown is starting to look like a pretty dependable target. I think that's going to rub off on being Corey Davis more of a dependable target. You still got Humphreys floating out there who just seems to be automatic with the hands. And everybody's pretty pissed off that we've spent, you know, $9 million on the guy. Well, the, we spent $9 million on, but we also didn't expect Taylor Lewan to get busted for yeah, no, steroids. That's, <laughs> I, it, Keith you know. and I were talking about that the other night. That's what pisses me off when people do start to go ham about the Adam Humphreys saying, why are we paying him all that money? We're paying him all that money to chip block because, you know... <laughs> One of our tackles was too busy roiding up. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, taking tainted supplements. So, yeah. Anyways, but all right. I, I want to go back to the divisional thing for a second. Okay. Because I, I need to emphasize that as if Titans fans probably don't need it or need it emphasized anymore. A lot of celebrating in the preseason with Jacksonville looking like the complete dysfunctional team that they always are. And with Indy losing, you know, Andrew Luck, uh, you know, half fart before the start of the season. And now all of a sudden Indy looks like the exact same team with a quarterback that's completely competent running that offense. And Jacksonville does, they, they are the opposite of dead as dysfunctional as they look. They actually, even are in still, a win, they're, they're dysfunctional. still keeping it together. And so it, you combine that with, I was a lot more impressed with Deshaun's, you know, Deshaun Watson's press conference and all that. It just really made me, I think a lot more of him to where motherfucker, we've got another quarterback in the AFC South who has it together, obviously knows how to read a defense very, very quickly. And he's going to be on that damn team forever. So you are exactly right, Zach, when you say we don't have a choice, but to run the table in the AFC South. And that is now asking a lot. I'm sure there's some weird mathematical way that we don't have to run the table, but I think if you want to be considered contenders, you you need to walk away with this. Division. But here we are, here we are, week five. Yeah, we're getting ready to go up against a very good elite <laughs> Bills defense, and we're already talking about possible mathematical like loopholes that we're going to have to try to find to sneak in as an AFC South winner, or you know, now you're starting to talk about the wild card. Is it an overreaction? Yeah, but I don't give a shit. That's the position the Titans are in right now. Well, and it, it's because they had two early, very early losses in the AFC South. Typically, you know, this scheduling the last five years has been kind of piss poor for divisional matchups where it seemed like it's all clumped in and together. Like our Texans games are what, like two or three weeks apart at the end of the year. And then it's just, I don't know, it's kind of crazy and... We had a short week going to from one division rival to another. Does this change? I'm going to start with Keith on this one. Does this change your view? Does the Atlanta game change your view on Marcus of what we talked about last week? Uh, it gives me hope that there's a potential that he could pull it together. I don't think it necessarily makes me think he's, you know, a top 15 guy still. I think he's still that same kind of inconsistent, Kirk Cousins level kind of guy. I don't think he's. Oh, you're so lucky you're not on Twitter. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that you can't find that is going to get you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's he's going to blow the doors off anybody, but I think he can, you know, get you a, 
a W most weeks. But no, I, I it doesn't change my mind. I, I agree that it doesn't change my mind. I don't agree with the Kirk Cousins part because I am on Twitter. But I, <laughs> but I, I will say it's, it's still not enough. It's refreshing to see that he was able to shelve a couple of the major problems with some of the stuff with the pocket and getting rid of the ball. You know, that's that's good. He has no turnovers in the, at this point in the season, right? Is that right. correct? The, the whole offense doesn't have a turnover. Holy shit, is that yeah. serious? It's only, in fact, heading into Sunday's games, it was the Titans and the Ravens, and then uh, Lamar had a down game, and I think well, he got, threw an interception. We got lucky on that one, too, because yeah. we've had a couple of fumbles roll out of yeah. bounds. In um, fact, Vrabel talked about that today, um, talking about, you know, got to stop the fumbles. I know we're not losing them, yeah. but you got to stop it. Of course, and yeah. That's, that's even more alarming. If you're 2-2 two and two and you haven't lost a turnover, like... Yeah. No, I know the, the turnover differential, yeah. Trust me, you look at some of those stats and you look at the win total and you're like, how, why? But it doesn't really change my opinion. It does give me hope that he's not lost. And none of us said last week that he's lost. It's just, it's again, what we are afraid of. That is it going to be up and down? Because we can't afford to be up and down. If, if If they come out flat, and I'm kind of jumping right into the Bills thing here, but if they come out flat against the Bills, defense is not going to be forgiving. Before before we move to the Bills game, sure. Minshew, Watson, Jacoby, Marcus, who's the worst quarterback in the AFC South? It's certainly not Deshaun. It's uh, it's either Minshew or, or Mariota. I I gotta go Minshew only because he's raw. I got it Minshew, but Mariota's right after it. And, yeah, and then I'd go I'd go Brissett and Watson, or yeah, I may even flip those top two, but. Mariota's still a solid number three in the South. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think if if someone would have asked me before, I would have put Marcus number two. But I think that Brissett's shown enough that he's definitely a lot better than we probably all thought he was. That's probably credit to Frank Reich for sure and that coaching staff. But that's something I want to talk about is that Minshew has John D. Filippo. And look at what the Vikings have gone to now that John D. Filippo's gone. And look what John D. Filippo's doing with Gardner Minshew, who's playing pretty much just YOLO ball. Like, yeah. he's going out there, doesn't give a fuck, and is just doing shit. Yeah. And he's it's playing, working. He's playing Blake Bortles ball, but he's not a Blake Bortles <laughs> yeah. dumbass. You're going to see the wheels come off one of these weeks. It has and he's to be. going to have a horrible, horrible, horrible And it will game. probably be this week because I know that me and Keith play fantasy football, and you picked up Minshew, yeah. so I'm hoping it's this week. I've had horrific fantasy quarterback luck <laughs> so, this year, and I know everybody wants to hear about it. But. So hot take, is Minshew the next Joe Flacco, or is he the next Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> I... I think that he's the next. I think he's. Oh, that's a good one. Ryan Fitzpatrick's such a good comp, though. Yeah, they both just sling the fuck. Yes, ball. that's that's where not just leave aside the facial hair and the yeah. weird seventies yeah. like pouring sex out of your sternum. There's also like a weird like <laughs> there's pouring a, sex out of your seriously sternum. like it's three buttons undone and women are just falling. Out yeah, the there's something about both of those guys too where there's this weird like internet meme factory yeah. Oh, sort yeah. of aspect to them. Minshew speaks and you can hear hot tubs bubbling in the background. Yeah. It's Minshew's basically Carpeted what walls. It, Minshew <laughs> is basically what Baker Mayfield tries to be, like personality yeah. wise. Yeah. <laughs> and let me say this: How has Baker Mayfield never been in front of a circuit breaker before? I hate this commercial 
where he goes in front of the the opens up the power you know circuit breaker and can't find out which one is actually tripped. That draws me up. It, it's 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 so simple. It's, either all the switch, yeah. either all the switches are already on and things are working, or they need to be flipped the other direction, or it's stuck in the middle. Yeah. There is no leeway here. Yeah, no leeway. It's like getting in a hot car and it's not running, and you go, "Well, it's on." No, it isn't, dumbass. You have a strict key of the car anyway. So. <laughs> No, but so <laughs> I got well talking with the Minshew thing, and then we got into Michael McDonald hot tubs. But um, so I, yeah, Minshew is one of those that I kind of see more like Fitzpatrick to where he's going to have these electric fucking games, and he is going to have games where he buries Jacksonville. I think so. This week, I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just look to last year where we had uh, Fitz Magic in weeks one through four, and yeah. then Fitz Tragic after that. So yeah, so okay, but. You can play the show game, go back to the quarterback question. This is how I play the show game. It's not fair, but take Mariota out of our offense and replace it with Minshew. Replace it with Brissett. Replace it with Watson. And how do they do? I think this team goes off a hell of a lot more offensively if you put Brissett or Watson behind center with with the setup we have. Yeah. uh, Watson... He kind of runs into his own sacks a little bit more than Marcus for my liking. So I don't know if he technically weeks one through four would necessarily change especially because but then i think well he's gonna be more willing to throw that ball up to Corey and aj yeah. brown so i don't know like we'd probably still be two and two i think with um but would it have been a more an exciting two it would two? definitely be a more exciting two and two <laughs> i i think that we may be three and one with jacoby and i think we're probably two and two with Minshew. and how are we with Fitzmagic? Fitz Magic, we are undefeated. We we've already won the Super Bowl. How are we doing with Brady Quinn? <laughs> we are no very poorly. We, are, we have been sold. We are no longer. Vince sold. McMahon came and bought us for the XFL. Boston built another stadium right next to the <laughs> Patriots Stadium just to get the fuck out of Nashville. Anyways, all right. So let's uh, let's let's move on a little bit. Let's talk about going into the Bills matchup. Um, let's start with the defense. Because are we going to be critical of the Titans team? Let's start here. Are we going to be critical of this Titans team if they all out struggle against the Bills defense and lose a close game? Now, here here's my thing about this. I I think that if Marcus goes for 220 yards or more, two touchdowns or more through the air, and two or less interceptions that's a good game for Marcus for against this defense. It's not exciting, it's not fantastic, but it's competent enough that we could still win this game even with him throwing two interceptions, and I'm probably not going to get met. I mean, depending on how bad the interceptions are, but I mean, this is a really good team, so you, you're probably going to throw an interception or two against this team, especially if you're going to hold on to the ball because they have really good corners. Lawan's back. Conklin's doing a good job on his side. You know, now it's up to the interior to focus on them and focus on what's coming up the middle. I mean, I think we can beat this team through the air. And I that sounds counterintuitive, yeah. but I really do think that we can't be scared to throw the ball because this is a good team. Keith? No, they have to come out aggressive. They have to come out, play that same sort of quick release throwing it to Corey, getting people involved early kind of system, and then pounding them later with Derrick Henry. Right. That, I mean, that's just the way you have to do it. And honestly, I think if you score like 24, you should be fine. 
I, th- I don't. I'm not. I don't think Matt Barkley's going to come out and. Well, I will say this, Josh. We'd rather have. I would rather have Josh Allen. I think, and Josh Allen is in the fourth stage of concussion protocol, and there's five of them, so mm-hmm. he should maybe, maybe good to go. He did. He did look awful last week. Woo! He, he looked was bad. Overthrowing people left and right. Yeah, but um, he does scare me with his legs because he destroyed us with his legs last year. Yeah, that that was a him and McCoy. McKay, McCoy had a throwback shady McCoy game, but um. We don't really have to worry about that as much. Do we know if Singletary's looking like he's ready? Uh, if he is, they'll probably just because they got the bye week next week. Buffalo does, so yeah. they may just do limited snaps as not to reaggravate yeah. a hamstring injury. Yeah. So I mean, from a injuries perspective, obviously all injuries are bad. Blah blah blah. But we're looking good. You know, it's looking good for us yeah. on the injury front. For sure. I I think the Titans should come out aggressive. And start airing the ball out drive one. I'm actually going to be concerned if they come out conservative and try to establish a run game early. I agree with you, Zach. I think if you're going to go at this team, go at them in the air. Because they the, may not be expecting it. You know, like... Right, 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 right. Right. I think you attack this team the way you attacked the Patriots last year. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think you have a choice. I think you've immediately got to start aggressive and, and go right to the air. I, I got to say... I. Great game for Lawan to come back. But what bothers me is what we were just talking about with the turnover thing. Because if if karma is going to come back and screw you, it's going to be this game. And the Titans are going to have their first few turnovers against the Bills. The, the thing with the turnovers is they need to not let the turnovers hinder the game plan. Yeah. If Marcus throws an interception after, let's say he throws a touchdown and the passing game is working well and he throws one interception and we quit passing because of that one interception, that's not how you're going to win this game. And let me say this, because I can already see the pro Marcus, the Marcus stands. If Marcus has a bad game, they're going to say, well, Brady had a bad game, so I don't know what you expect for Marcus. Well, if we can't compare Marcus to when Brady is good, then you definitely cannot compare Marcus to when Brady's bad. Like, that is a double standard. I mean, if we if we can't if it's unfair for us to compare him to the greats, you know, you can't compare him. I mean, that's that's Tom Brady or that's Peyton Manning or that's Russell Wilson. That's not Marcus. Well, when you can't use it again, you you can't come back and use it. So don't don't even try to say, well, you know, Brady had a bad game. So what do you expect? I mean, Brady has one bad game every year. Just one terrible game. Usually it's against the Dolphins, right? Usually it's that one game where he has a bad game. They still won. I need to see Marcus against this defense pass. Be I want Atlanta Marcus versus the Bills, and I think we can win. And do not get scared after one interception, because that's going to happen. I, I just guarantee that an interception or a fumble is going to happen just because this defense is good. It has nothing to do with what I think about this offense. This defense is that good. And if you can't beat this kind of team, like we're not going to make the playoffs and make any serious. Because I mean, this team is uh, three right. and one. Yeah. So this is going to be one of those teams that you're going to see in December more than likely. Yeah. And if you don't have a win over them, and you you're all both fighting for a wild card, the last wild card spot, you're not going to get in. You have to win these AFC games. You just have to. And yeah. this is one of those games. You're at home. The weather is going to be in your favor. It's going to be pretty much a nice day until maybe the end when it rains. And it, they're a shitty-ass offense. 
I mean, this is a bad offense. This is not a good offense. Right. If we do not dominate this game to a point where we we have to get up. We have to be the first ones to score the touchdown because this it is going to be hard to score touchdowns on this defense. But I think we need to be scoring 20 or more points. If you if you want to captivate the fans and you want fans coming to the rest of your games and you want fa- you know fans to be interested, give them something to be excited about. Don't just go out here and kind of give up and come with a conservative game plan saying, oh, well, it's the Bills. We're probably not going to you know, be able to beat them on offense anyway. Might as well just be conservative. I agree. Because you're going to lose, first off, you're going to be losing fans out of that stadium because nobody's going to want to watch a 12-10 slugfest of just you know, poor, sloppy, conservative play. Go for it. Yeah. Be exciting. Go out and put your fucking foot on their throat and, and score. Yeah. Score me some points against a really, really, really good Buffalo Bills defense. Yeah. This is a trap game in that if you play to not lose, you're they're going to hang around and we're going to end up upset. Right. Um, but if you come out and you attack, you, you, you gain that confidence. You start having a little bit of swagger about you. And that's one of the things that I think – I mean, we didn't necessarily talk about this when we talked about the Atlanta game, but – uh, like major props to everybody coming out with fire. Like everybody seems super fucking mad. They must have listened to our podcast. Yeah, right. They, we must they have really pissed them off. But but it's hard to come out after you just bounce back like that against a team that you know you should beat. So I'm I'm looking to see are they excited in this first quarter of this Bills game or is are they just kind of going through the motions? So let's um let let's let's ask the question. How important is it that the Titans beat the Bills? Is this a must-win game? I, I mean, if if you want to be, if you want to have an, a little bit easier um, road to the playoffs, you have to win this game. And to me, depend on how you lose or how yeah. you win is very important. If yeah. you lose. What whatever we lost last year was like what fifteen to ten or something like that. I pretty much try to erase that horrible game on my memory. Right. Then if you lose that way, that you you you're gonna lose almost everybody. No, exactly. If it's a demoralizing loss to where who's the jackass who dropped the pass last year? Oh, Nick Williams. Up? Nick Williams. The Nick Williams catch, if it had happened, was gonna be the most electric thing that happened to the Titans' offense that entire game. So that's you. This team cannot play that way. I will say this. It's a must win for fans. Yes. It's probably in December, we'll look back and think that this was a must win as well. I think it's a must win. This is going to be sounds real fucking stupid, but it's a must win and a must competitive for Arthur Smith. And I think for that locker room, I think this locker room needs to see the same cohesive, good looking, working offensive plan that you know, got them a win against Atlanta because they've got to build. Even if they lose, it has to build. Yeah. It cannot come out and be a shit fest like we saw against the Colts, like we saw against the Jacks. It just it can't happen. Yeah, you just want to see consistency. Yeah. You want to see. So we didn't really talk about it, so we'll get into it now. Lawan is back. He came back today. Keith, Keith. Dad's home. Dad's home. That's what everybody says. Daddy's daddy's back. Daddy's daycare. Daddy's daddy's daycare is very creepy. (laughs) Now he's back. 
How much more creepier is daddy than dad? It's 1,000% creepier. And posting up, Titans Filmer and posting up the daddy's, uh, what is that, daddy's home, Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell movie as a tribute to Taylor Lewan. That's Yeah, and I I told him this. I said, yeah, that's creepy. Okay, who was it that had the t-shirt? Hang Tim? Oh, no, it was uh, Project 615 said something like Jesus and God's son or something I'm going to butcher this, but the t-shirt was Jesus is our savior, Lawan is my dad or something. Jesus is the son and Lawan's the dad or something. Yeah, some shit like that. Very fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, okay. I you you can call him dad all you want. Let's not do daddy. I have said no, no let's daddy. Let's not do daddy. I, I've said this before on this podcast. I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna stand by it. If you have a jersey, good for you. I'm fine with that. I'm not a jersey guy because I have a hard enough time. I'm about to get all metaphysical. Are you ready for this? I have a hard enough time sometimes watching football and not being reminded that I'm watching grown men run a ball up and down a field. I, I really, I, do, I can't wear another grown man's like name written on me. And and I, so. What to, about that tattoo you got though? What? Okay. I'm not talking about <laughs> oh. the, the personalized signature on my ass cheek from a football player. <laughs> I'm not going to name that's between me and him. So, but yes, that's right, Keith. But anyway, so <laughs> I like jerseys already kind of weird me out because it's another grown man's name on my body, but Okay. But like wearing a shirt that's calling someone else dad is 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 a is a lot much. It's for me. it's just it's not for me. It's not for me. And it could be for you if you're into that kind of weird fetish stuff. It's but, a funny you know. joke, but I don't want to wear something that other people don't understand or don't are not in on that joke, and have them be like. So he well, some, and most people probably don't even know who, this guy's dad. Yeah, so some people don't even know who Taylor Lewan is, yeah. and all this. It, it's it's the the daddy thing gets me. No, the, no daddy. And, and to no Lewan's no to defense and credit, yeah. he has mentioned multiple times he does not want to be called daddy. He thinks it's creepy. He won't use it. So so I, I will give him that because it's yeah. fucking weird. All right, I digress. Um. He's back. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. <laughs> Dad. Jeez, I just Dad, feel so Dad, dirty Dad, saying it. Dad, Dadalina Mr. threw some. Uh, Mr. Lawan has come home. Mr. Lawan. Dadalina threw some heat at uh at, at Kowarski today, which was which was kind of funny. Yeah. Um. But he's back in the locker room. What, you, what did he say for the? So Kowarski um asked us if we're gonna run more to the left now that he's back, and then Taylor basically said, "Yeah, we're gonna run a little bit to the left, we're in a little bit to the right, we're gonna run up the middle, we're probably gonna throw some passes too, blah blah," and then basically just called PK stupid or something. Yeah, he like goes, that. "Yeah, that was a phenomenal question. Yeah, phenomenal PK. question. So, it- <laughs> so this is gonna be a great, you know, you know, twelve weeks of." back and forth between PK and Luan, and I'm here for it. But that's it. And that's like, you know, that's what you want back in the locker room. That kind of over-the-top meathead positivity. And I like that. I'm I'm glad to see it. That's why when I was saying a couple weeks ago that I I don't care whether or not the man has a podcast. I get why people would be upset with it, but I don't care if the man has a podcast. It's because at the end of the day, he's entertaining. And this is the entertainment business. You're listening to a podcast that's talking about an entertainment product. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with him having a podcast. I'm glad he's back in the locker room because I know he's going to bring that upbeat positivity to a locker room that kind of sounded like after last week, they needed it. So fuck yeah, I'm glad he's back. I, I think he'll help. I, I mean, obviously, I mean, technically he's probably the arguably 
the most important player currently on the roster. He's certainly in the top three like tackles in the league. Right. And, and so that's always good. I mean, we've had that. to keep pump and extra tight ends in there. And we're listen and I think Mike kind of alluded this to this anyway when we talked about how last week about how much will Lawan change. Just because Hump's free doesn't mean that Mario Marcus I was about to say Mariota. Oh you almost Woo. went Mariota. Woo. Mariota. Yeah, man. Wow. Uh I was trying to decide if I was going to say Marcus. Or <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Marcus is not that great in the more wide receivers you put on the field necessarily doesn't mean the better Marcus is. I know that's what everybody likes to think because that's what he played in Oregon. The Oregon offense is much different in the NFL. Let's put that out there. Those receivers in Oregon are definitely much faster than every other defender that they play against. So let's, let's, get that out there but just because humps on the field doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have a better offense but it is a reliable target that has been staying in the block it is one less person on the left side that you have to keep in you can exploit more things you hope that Lawan frees up the playbook and they can do more things that we haven't seen because he's out there that's yeah. what that's what our hope is Your right hope is you get more hope merchant. Ac- across the middle to Humphreys. Right. Because that's where Marcus throws best. You hope you start seeing the dividends of the right. $9 million that everybody's sad that we've spent, yeah. which I guess we could have spent on... I don't know, because there's nobody out there you could have spent that $9 right. million on that would have a more of an impact than anything else. Oh, Titans fans, any fan base. I always say Titans fans like they're particularly worse at something. All fan bases are this way, but well, and, and on a little point of that little sidetrack, uh, Caleb Searle, who I hope I said that last name, right. Um, he's an avid listener and everything. And he asked, is there any other, I can't think of any other fan bases that are probably more divisive on their quarterback or whatever. And I immediately said, I bet, I bet the bears and the Vikings right now have both Mitch Trubisky and Kirk cousins. And that's just two off the top of my head right there. That are, Especially with good Chase Daniel, who yeah. showed up last week. Yeah, so, okay. So, so, I'm just saying, we're not the only fan base dis- divided on their quarterback and is putting their the scrutiny on the quarterback every week, week so in, there, week out. So, there is a, and I'm going to butcher his job title, but there's an NFL writer, something or other on Twitter, Michael Kist or Michael Christ, I think it is. Uh, Michael Kist of the Kist and Select show, uh, Bleeding Green Nation, and... Uh, is he? He may be part of the draft network, but I don't think he is. But okay. he's an SB Nation podcast guy. So where I'm going with this is that he retweeted something from, my God, something was flying around my face. Um, but anyways, I, <laughs> no one so, else saw it. It was like right in my eye. <laughs> but anyways, um, he retweeted something from a, a Chicago fan base thing that <laughs> that was a trash can that will roll itself to the curb to get picked up in the morning. And it was like this little bar you put out and it would roll itself out. And it said, it's Mitchell Trubisky pulling into his parking, <laughs> parking spot at whatever their practice facilities called. So I don't want to hear that our fan base is particularly hard. They are already trashing the fuck out of Trubisky and rightfully so. But I'm just saying like our fan base is not. I'm sure Eli Manning got in these last few years, got a lot of shit uh, thrown yeah. his way. I'm sure there's a ton of Jets fans who are like, oh, we want to keep Luke Falk, even though, yeah, you know, Darnold's almost back. 
That's not it, true. There's none of those. Yeah, there's Jets probably fans boo their kids being born. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Falcons were booing Matt Ryan and all those players are uh, in our game Sunday. We're 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 no different. It, it may seem like it, but I follow a lot of the other teams, uh, reporters, and all that. It may seem that we are these harsh people and this harsh fan base that it. We're no different than anybody else now, except for Patriots fans. Patriots fans just don't give a shit. Philadelphia well, had the luckiest people on earth. Yeah. Philadelphia had a, a police unit and a fucking holding cell in the basement of their old stadium, and I'm pretty sure they still have it in their new stadium because their fans are so insane. I guarantee you there was a big contingency of fans that wanted them to pay Nick Foles whatever it took to stay because they didn't believe in Carson Wentz. So, oh, yeah, okay. for sure. So, Carson Wentz, when did they win a Super Bowl? Two years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there's there was a video that a buddy of mine, who now lives in Philly again, he's from Philly, moved to Nashville, back to Philly, texted me a video of some crazy redneck woman sitting in the stands of the Phillies game, and she's screaming at Carson Wentz at the top of her lungs, Stop throwing fucking checkdowns. It's his fourth fucking checkdown already in the first quarter. Blah, blah, blah. She's going crazy about it. This bet, guy I brought bet. them a Super Bowl yeah. two years ago. I mean, I'm sure people in uh, the Saints right now are just pissed off was, at Teddy Bridgewater because that's all he does is throw like five yard, oh yeah, five sure. yards. <laughs> what, was, what was the image I tweeted out the other day of the guy? The guy at the Bengals game with his phone and he had his notepad open and he was typing up, I hope Andy Dalton gets injured and dies on this play <laughs> so that I can storm the field and stomp his corpse. Jesus. I mean, like, don't give me this shit that we are hard yeah, on pe- People who are upset about their quarterback situations <laughs> include the Bengals. Yeah. It includes the Redskins. Like... Oh yeah, because Dwayne Haskins came in through three interceptions, so they're and now they're talking. They're talking about oh, Colt McCoy listen, now. Listen, Jake Gruden today said, "Yeah, I'm really not sure what our quarterback plans are for Sunday." Today, today, <laughs> just like two hours ago, and people want to think that we are harsh on Marcus because because someone puts up a picture that says says. Here's Marcus. These are two exact plays where Corey Davis is in 50 50 oh, mode, and Marcus chooses to throw it one time and doesn't choose it to throw the other and chooses it to throw this time. Not saying anything other than that, just showing that Marcus improved from that <laughs> week to this week, and people get pissed off at Mike saying, well, the pocket's collapsing, which it's not. It's not. It's a perfect pocket where he actually <laughs> has room. And they're like, well, you shouldn't put a picture up there. Well, Mike, watch the all 22. And if he says the co- the pocket wasn't collapsing, it's not collapsing. So that's okay to the last part that we were going to talk about. Some people got to stop getting into mentions. Is Mike, uh, your brother, Mike yeah. Nichols, oh, yeah. mentions on Twitter have been uh, particularly bad. Oh, the last, the last weeks. two weeks, at least. Last two weeks, they've been, they've been pretty bad. Saucy. Um, pr- pretty saucy. Um, he's had to block people. He's had to block people. And he's never which done your that. brother is not a Mike. Mike Miracles is not a not a blocker on Twitter. Yeah, I, I don't block people. People block me, but I don't uh, block people. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I don't even know. You're how, always ready for the heat. I don't even yeah. know how to handle this topic other than to say, look, PSA, stop thinking that the whole fucking world is against you because someone disagrees with your opinion of again. I'm going to go down this route a player of a children's game that does not know nor give a shit if you exist. Yeah. You don't know Marcus. There's very few people that probably know Marcus right. that are fans. You you don't know Marcus. You don't know Taylor. You don't know any of these players. And I guarantee they don't know you either. 
And a lot of these people don't have, you know, Instagram. They don't have Twitter. They don't really respond. It's okay if someone puts out an objective video or an article that says, here's what I saw and where Marcus can improve. There's, Listen, we know that there are things where there's bad play calling. We know that certain plays, there are bad blocks. We know that receivers can run routes. You don't have to come tell us every time that we said, well, it looks like Marcus sneezed over on the sidelines. Well, it's all the allergies' fault. It's not Marcus's fault. We 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 know. You you don't have to come into everybody's mentions and tell everybody one uh, what we already know. And most of the time, 99% of the time, you're probably wrong. Those makers of Claritin are a bunch of communists, yeah. but it's not Marcus's fault. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's the the what we're trying to put out there well, is this. Damn histamines. It's like Stop taking everything personally. I'll, I'll I'll expand it out to say that just because someone is disagreeing with you on some, listen, you've got to learn how to be an agreeable, disagreeable person. Not everything is black and white. If if you disagree with our or anybody's takes on Marcus, ask questions. Don't post shit like, "Well, you're just failing to see the obvious," or you don't. Okay, well. If you will stop and read what Mike, what the things, because out of any of us that are on this podcast, Mike is the most cool headed and nuanced when it comes to posting evidence. And that's to me, that's what he's posting is evidence and facts. This here's the footage. This is what I saw. This is what's happening on the field. And I believe this is what Marcus is doing. Just ask questions. If you don't understand, don't, don't start getting up at people's mentions that you just fail to see X, Y, and Z. No, you're failing to read. And let me say this. You're you're attacking a guy with mainly out any basis. You don't watch film every week. You don't dissect film. You don't do it. If you did, maybe you would be writing for Music City Miracles. But let me say this. This is not Mike's full-time job either. He's doing this while trying to get a kid adopted. And to start a family, he's building up, you know, a kid's room. He has his actual job, and he's still taking out time to be active on Twitter, write many, many informative, full-length articles, and breaking down game film. And you're getting in his mentions for no reason. There is literally no reason to get in there and call him a loser, call him... Last night, I, I personally got called... A or and he got lumped in too. <laughs> Y'all losers, you psychos, you idiots, <laughs> by the same guy who is also in charge of raising a kid. What? Like, grow up. If you if you I'm sorry, if you have a child and you're getting on the internet to call people psychos and losers and all this stuff because you feel that Marcus that pocket was collapsing. If that, if that's if that's really the hill you want to die on, I'll stop responding to you and just let you think you're right, even though you're completely full of shit and wrong. But kind of set a better example for your child. Luckily, I don't have child, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yes, I mean, look, it's don't. Oh, if you want to call us losers, I mean, fine, because I'm kind of a loser. But like, I'm not a psychopath. I'm allowed in society within reason. I'm allowed in society, so. But in all seriousness, like, just have some couth when you talk to people. I know Twitter has, out of all the social medias, Twitter is definitely getting the worst rap, if you want to call it that, because Twitter is so vitriolic to each other. It is all hot takes. But it is not that hard to say, hey, 
I like what you posted, but I disagree, and here's why. It's not that hard. Instead of getting in there and saying, you suck, you just hate Mariota. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly why Mike's on Twitter. He is watching game film so that he can go through and go, this son of a bitch, I can't wait to post this video and talk about how much Marcus sucks. No one's going to go through that much evidence. It, if you want to know if somebody sucks or not, you can usually watch one video and go, well, this guy's fucking garbage, and I'm moving on. It, I mean, he's, like you said, super level-headed. He forms his opinions based off of what he sees, not whether he likes a guy or dislikes a guy, whether he thought that we should have drafted this guy instead or we needed this guy. He looks at it at the player, scouts the player, and says, this is what I saw. This is what happened on that play. This is the amount of time that he had. And then he uses other stats that he can find on next-gen stats that tell him about, okay, well, Marcus was the number one he held on to the ball the longest the last three weeks before the Falcons game. Well, that is context that goes into watching this stuff. If Marcus is holding on to the ball, it doesn't matter what the offensive line is doing because if he's held on to the ball too long, then the offensive line is probably going to let some pressure in because he held it too long. If he's not throwing 50-50 balls consistently, then that's what you're seeing. I'm not saying that you have to agree with everything that Mike says, but if you're one of those people who feels the need to every time he posts a tweet or an article or this or that, saying one little thing or two little things that Marcus did wrong, and you feel the need to jump in there to say, no, you're wrong because it's this or it's because of that, maybe just chillax a little bit. Maybe maybe self-reflect and say, you know what? Out of all the 100 tweets about Marcus, I think I'll only respond to 99 of them today. Here's, well, here's my thing with this is you go on there, He's he's clearly watched the video. He's watched probably every snap the the guy's taken professionally. Yeah, this this motherfucker watches the game twice. Yeah, some of these games you don't even want to watch once no. after you're done there, with them. And there he was goes two games last year I didn't yeah. watch. And he goes back through. through and watches every snap of every game. He watches Again. he watches every snap of every game. So he's probably seen Marcus play every game of his entire career twice. So you think that you tweeting back at him is going to change his opinion? and make him ignore visual evidence a ignore all the things he's seen and b like you're just gonna he oh shit okay maybe i'm right maybe i am an idiot and a loser i should i should reconsider yeah titans lover 43 really made me think about oh this is the one that Mm -hmm. tweet where he called me a hater yeah i'm just a marcus hater and i don't want to blame anybody but marcus yeah that that tweet right there that changed my whole life before you fling open that keyboard beaver beater 69 like just know that like mike has put a lot of work into this so i just we'll bring it back to a calm level yeah and this is where i think you you the listener can can help everybody thank thank you for your input thank you for your input but constructive if you see people on twitter titans twitter acting this way say please stop and then link them to our podcast so that we can give them some constructive, nuanced arguments to where you can walk away and feel better or much worse about this team. Whatever you decide you want to do that week. Yeah, there's no need to make mental gymnastics to defend Marcus. You don't have to defend Marcus every time. And if you want to say some really negative things about somebody, just just do it at my Twitter. It's at Internet Keith. Yeah. Just send all just your hate go shit wild. there. That's, that's what people should do. It's, they should... Great. it's great because I will never check it. Yeah. So it's like screaming into a pillow, 
It's very. It would be very cathartic yeah, for some of these absolutely. people. You can, that is a good just idea. Get as awful as you want. Yeah. But just let the hate flow through you. Just yeah. let yeah. it go. Down. He'll the, never report you because he's never going to say. It, it was like last week when we had the big melt. You know, the big cathartic thing about anti Marcus mm-hmm. and Donna was like, I think it was Donna. Was it Donna or? Um, oh, yeah, I think it was on Twitter. Yeah. Was like, you know it must have felt really good to say that. And she's like a little nervous and all this. I was like, it, it was, it was very cathartic <laughs> to release it. I felt after that podcast sessions last week, I felt so much better. Yeah. And I, and you know what? I'm going to work on, on not responding to people that are just idiots. I'm yeah. just not going to do it. Yeah, you know, you, look, you I have to engage every time. I, I did that. I pulled back on my, my Twitter feed. I was posting a lot of extracurricular stuff that I know people didn't like. Some of it was, most of it was politically related. I get it. That's not your it's not your bag. I'm not going to get into that because you know what? We're here just to be an enjoyable group of people to have a podcast about the team that you love, the team that we love. And, and I like talking Titans, but there was a certain extent where I'm going back and forth with some people and then, okay, I kind of don't enjoy talking Titans anymore. And then I get aggravated <clears throat> because, right. and then it makes, then I start getting aggravated in the tweets and then it just doesn't, it's not healthy. Yeah. So I'm kind of done with it. I jumped into a conversation, uh, I think it was last night, between Robert Greenlaw and Bud Adams' ghost or something about tagging <laughs> Black, Blake Bedingfield in a, in a transcript. And I immediately regretted it because then I'm in every reply. <laughs> and then there was one with Titans Film Room on Monday night about OPI and um, illegal, ineligible man downfield. I got sucked into that one, and then I regretted that. So let me ask let me ask you this, Zach. When you see the alert on your Twitter feed, is your reaction, did somebody find something that I posted humorous or enjoyable, or what did I do now? I, I it, mainly <laughs> it's just been likes or retweets, so that's okay. Uh, but I, I so there's a lot of times I immediately regret engaging certain people on Twitter. Oh yeah, and I am just not gonna do it anymore. There's- just not worth it. I'm just gonna let them say their piece. And just move on. Yeah, no, there's, there's, um, even in the last couple of weeks, I, I haven't even posted anything political in about six weeks now. Actually, closer to eight weeks because it just, that's a road I don't want to go down anymore. Politics is such a nasty thing. But even, even just a couple of days ago, someone just responded in all caps, typical of a fucking cuck. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what I posted. I, I think it was just some humorous, stupid, like my typical stuff where I'll find something that makes my immature ass chuckle. And I'll retweet it, and I got called a cuck. That's fine. You think I'm a cuck? I get it. The uh, <laughs> it's 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 a it's it's bad out there right now. It's just bad out there on on the Twitter lands. And we're the just Twitter and we're here just to be funny. That's all. Just be cool. Just be cool. That's all we're asking. Like you know, I'll post stats or something, and then people will just come at me like I'm some you know mad you know dark wizard that is trying to take their soul and sacrifice them because I posted up these stats. Look, if you don't agree with facts or stats, that's fine. It's not a personal attack on anybody. It's just a stat I'm going to post up that I found interesting. So before you sit in the stands in the 300 sections, think to yourself that you're ready to stomp a quarterback's corpse. (laughs) You know, just think that out before you type it out because Problem is, someone behind you sees it, they think it's funny, and they're tweeting it out, and now I'm tweeting it out, so you're all over the internet, buddy. What you should do is type the tweet that you want to send, put your phone down for like, and take 10 deep breaths, pick it back up, and reread the tweet, Mm. and see if it's really worth sending, 
or if just typing it out and then deleting it makes you feel better. Oh, no, I've, I've had to do that lately where I'll type out something that I think is very, very funny. And then I'll read it back 10 seconds later. and I'm like, that's creepy. <laughs> what I, I like know. to do. In the context, this you don't terrible. even know how to yeah, tweet. Please, please, please tell us. What I like to do is I like to write a letter, <laughs> but I address to it Ann to Landers. the wrong person. Yeah. And then I just send it out there into the wilderness. You know? <laughs> so Santa Claus has got a bunch of these letters. Keith, of me Keith just is still bitching about stuff. Keith is still writing a letter and attaching it to a balloon and letting it go <laughs> and seeing if somebody responds. I actually did that as a kid and somebody did respond to it. It wasn't ex- exciting as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> What, just like a, they it's probably back. a child predator. It's basically like I found your letter like 60 miles away. It was on a farm. <laughs> Great. Good job. My cows almost ate it. Yeah. Would you be okay with me writing you a letter back calling you daddy? I, I was really hoping. <laughs> oh, my God. They just sent back, what? daddy's coming. Said. You see I, how creepy was, that is? I was really hoping you got back a letter that said, don't fucking litter anymore. <laughs> so is, is the deal breaker with Mike and the new child if the child calls him daddy? I won't be able to hang out with that child. Right. Yeah. That child will have to be put away into his kennel or whatever. And by the way, the way you reference like Mike's trying to adopt a kid, for some reason, I just got this image of like, they're You inter- did look at me really weird. Yeah, well, like, he's trying like, to adopt a kid. Like they're just, they're interviewing like 16 year olds that are strolling by and going, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to live here. <laughs> I mean, look, he's got hardly any work experience. I, just, I don't see it working out. <laughs> It doesn't help that he's like six eight either. Intimidating as shit. Literally grows two inches every time I see him. I'm tired of hugging him and I'm like face deep in his abs. Yeah. <laughs> abs, like he has abs. <laughs> he's already got the dad bod. He's you know, already a little bit there. That's what I like about Mike. He's not here to defend himself, <laughs> yeah. so we can just be as awful to him right now as we want. After we just talked about leaving him alone, let's t- let's just tear yeah. him down. Let's just tear well, him down. Speaking of Call him daddy. Uh, he's got I think Donna, once again, has a bunch of uh, contests going with a bunch of uh, tickets being uh, auctioned off for uh, Mike's adoption fund. Which is very cool of you, Donna. Thank you. Yeah, and um, one of them is the Texans game where you actually get to sit with Mike. So, I mean, if you really don't like Mike, it's in the 300 section. You can easily tip him over. He's very top-heavy. Let me just say, make a PowerPoint. Yeah. Really do it. Bring it. He likes. He is very... Very into the visual you, references. Responsible yeah. to visual pie charts, graphs, yeah. lots of slideshows. Big, big, and just it. just scream in his ear how it's never Marcus's fault. Just constantly throughout the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> no, he'll enjoy that a lot. Yeah, he he will love it. Love well, it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> but please do go bid on. All yeah, the stuff. please do. We retweeted uh, some tweets. Uh, Shelby, his uh, wife, also tags people in it. But there's a bunch of stuff that's going to be happening for Mike, and uh, it'd be really great for those of you that have the means to bid to bid on stuff to help help him out. Are y'all ready to wrap this up? Uh, I mean, the the last ten minutes of this, especially, has gotten so weird. Um, what's your favorite sushi roll? Favorite sushi roll? Yeah. Does it have to be a roll? Because today, Sushi 88, first time I ate there, yeah. had, I ordered spicy tuna sashimi, uh-huh. and it ended up being tataki style, crammed inside a cucumber, like a little bit oh. of a cucumber. And oh. that was actually really, really good. It was not what I was fantastic. expecting, but it was very, very good. Highly oh. recommend Sushi 88. Love so was it like a thinly shaved roll of cucumber? No, it was a thick, it's like you, basically someone sliced a cucumber. And it was like two, you know, if let's say you were slicing it for a salad, yeah. it's like three or four together mm-hmm. and they hollowed it out. Kind of okay. like what you would see like watermelon art yeah. be, 
And so a little bit of the inside, but a lot of the outside, of course. And they just stuffed the tuna in it. Okay. And, I, and it's yeah. delicious. I had thick, like, Jarrell Casey thick? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, T-H-I-C-C. <laughs> yeah. So I had... One of the best sushi rolls I've ever had is what you were talking about. I said it was very thinly shaved cucumber that was rolled yeah. instead of the seaweed with rice Ooh, and spicy tuna. That sounds good. It was a spicy tuna roll with instead of seaweed, it was cucumber. One of the best rolls I've ever had. I think I'd go with spicy tuna. It's probably my favorite roll. Spicy tuna is pretty I good. I like simple and basic when it comes to rolls. Rock and roll sushi, and then there's two sushi places that it, the names escape me. Or there's a Vietnamese... No, Korean and Japanese place over in East Nashville, right across from each other, which I don't remember the name, but they're on Fatherland Street. Mm-hmm. But Rock and Roll Sushi is really, really good. Okay. There you have it. Did you, yeah. you didn't even answer. I don't he, have to answer. He doesn't yeah. even eat sushi. He what? hates sushi. He's chicken tenders and hot dogs. When is the last time you've had a <laughs> grown adult bring lies. you chicken fingers or hot dogs from Uber Eats? Uh, I've never had it. I've had chicken wings, but never chicken tenders from Uber Eats. Hmm. But if you don't order Wayback Burgers from Uber Eats, you're really missing out. It don't do not do Five Guys. Do Wayback Wayback Burgers. Okay, they're, they're quite good. They're they in are, West they Nashville. Are delicious, yeah. and they have cheese fries, which are amazing. Ooh. I will say, I've gotten into the habit of having McDougal's fried chicken delivered to me on Sundays while I watch football, and it has become one of my favorite traditions of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I've never had McDougal's. It is McDougal's, right? It's McDougal's. Yeah. And I had Panera delivered today. I remember why I don't need I went into I went into Panera for the first time yesterday. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. It may have been two days ago. And <clears> I was going to like, okay, well, I'll try Panera's. Looked at the menu. I just walked out. I was like, there was nothing there that really uh, piqued my interest. It's it's just, it's so basic, bitch. It, it just is like, <laughs> it's basically just like, when you open the fridge and you're like, no, I've got leftover turkey, white bread, and some cheese. Like, that's the yeah, exact I'd just rather sandwich. Eat, yeah. I would, exactly. I'd rather just go home and make myself the sandwich you just made me because it has no flavor to it. Yeah. None at all. None. This podcast has gotten fucking out of hands. Football and other F words. I really appreciate you tuning in. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, we're definitely on Twitter, at F words pod. Uh, you can follow Mike Herndon, at Mike Miracles, on Twitter. And again, we've got a donation thing going, so you know, please jump in on that. For Internet Keith, Zach, give me that Mitchell smoke. Uh, he wants that smoke. Call give him me that daddy. smoke. Tweet him and call him daddy. Call smoke, call call smoke that meat, daddy. Do literally anything else but call me daddy. You've enough. Call him daddy. Do it right now. Tweet at, him. Call at him daddy. Internet daddy. At Internet Keith. At Internet <laughs> Keith. <laughs> What's up, daddy? No. Make sure you put a smiley emoji. Anything but that, please. <laughs>